It's Monday, so it's Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. David, sort of a, a lull in the market at the moment. Okay, mm. we're down on the JSC, having been pottering around unchanged for most of the day, but the US markets as well. So it's almost as though we're waiting for something to happen, and I wonder what that might be. <laughs> There's a lot. Mm. I think this week, I, I don't think you can make up your mind. I think, I think one thing that identifies or characterizes is a better word, 2019 is that it's very difficult to second guess what's going to happen. We really don't know uh, where the world is heading uh, in many respects. Um, so this week we've got, we're still, we're still involved in the Chinese-US uh, trade talks. That's reaching a critical point at the moment. You've got job numbers, you've got the Fed. I think GDP numbers are waiting, you know, waiting for GDP numbers. Brexit's still uncertain, and so it goes. And in corporate results, I also think that a very important week because we get all the tech companies uh, reporting, and they can sway the market in a big way. So I think, I think for choice, investors have decided to just stay back and and let's you know see how this this week goes through. But I mean, it's not a it's not an easy week in, in which to do anything. I've been looking. I know the U.S. markets are going to open soon and uh, looking to maybe lose up to a percent after a very good Friday. So that's the kind of, um, it's the kind of mood that we're in now. You, you really don't know from one day to the next uh, where you're going to be. Yeah. And so what do you do? You just sit on your hands. Because the thing that I find, and I've mentioned this before in two previous interviews with you, actually, is that December was terrible. And it's almost as though people have used the excuse, the psychological excuse of 2019, a new calendar year to say, forget about December. Let's get down to it. Let's be confident. Let's buy things. And all the stuff that we sold in December, we, we buy back. But I can't see the justification for it just yet. No, no I, I agree with you. You know, I think that if you look at a business, and you feel that it's to the forefront of tech. It's coming out with either a new drug or a new machine or a new chip or something uh, innovative, and you might want to take a punt on it. You know, by all means, go for it. Or if you find that they might have knocked something to uh, down quite significantly, and you might get a decent yield on a very steady or stable com- uh, company, go for it. But I don't think you can buy the buy the broad market at this stage. It's just it's just too uncertain. Uh, you know, we're not, no one's quite sure. Uh, there's no synchronized growth. And I think that if anything, you need, uh, you just need a, a move in the right direction in the world. You need maybe America to uh, get its politics right. If ever, if we are going to get it right, certainly in the next two years, Brexit, you know, some clarification, Europe, some clarification. And, and, and the big one, China. I think that's mm. the big one, uh, You know, Lindsay, that can make a big difference to everything. That has been the powerhouse economy over the last decade. And ones, they seem to be flirting with stimulus, but but nothing of uh, significant, nothing. You know, I can't make it out. It it takes many forms every day. But there is a desire to get it going. But, uh, you know, they're shying away from the way that they used to do it, which was infrastructural spending or, uh, you know, spending on property, spending on uh, real estate. So I I think maybe everyone's waiting for something to come out of China. But at the moment, uh, hesitancy around China also dictating the moods of the market. 
Never mind that. What about South Africa? I mean, I keep on seeing these tweets from the EFF and the ANC say, please register so you can vote in May. I don't know. There's, I think Helen Ziller sent a tweet out a couple of days ago saying if anyone votes for the ANC, then they are being disloyal to uh, South Africa because of the corruption that is still ongoing. I, I think it's a slightly, obviously a politicised tweet, but on the other hand... Even if I had the right to vote, which I don't as a non-South African citizen, I don't know who I'd vote for. In fact, I'd probably spoil my vote because I don't think that any of the parties cover themselves in any glory whatsoever. I I think that's why the vote is to maybe not give it to the ANC and make sure that they learn to behave themselves. You don't want to have you don't want them to have an overwhelming victory where you know they go up to that 65, 66 percent. So. I think I'm not suggesting EFF, but for that reason, I think one's got to just give the, the, the DA some kind of support. That, that what they're at 15, 16% or get them up to 17, 18, 20% just to, <sighs> just to hold back and, and also to send a message for the very reason that you have, uh, you know, that you mentioned. They on don't have a leader, though. I mean, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> politics, but there's no one that you say, goodness me, okay, that chap over the next five years or that woman over the next 10 years is going to take them to 25 to 30% of the vote. It's an anemic party. Lindsay, with the ANC who keeps standing on their toes, kicking the ball into their own net, I don't think they could have been worse. I mean, it's it's what they have done is appalling. I'm not, and I'm not even getting emotional. I mean, it's not even an emotional outcry for me, which is political. It's just when you see the Zonda Commission and you see the corruption and the level of corruption that they can actually remain in power is an absolute mystery, and therefore. Any opposition party should have been able to to pick up their votes, which yes. the DA have not done. Exactly. You know, you say, what, what, you know, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> how much more do you need? You've got to. You, you know what I mean? You've got to. was a sign from above. This is it. I think the only thing is is the legacy issue because people, and also the benefits issue mm-hmm. as well, because yeah. we are ah. a social welfare state, and people <laughs> vote for the ANC because the ANC. Let's not let's not make any bones about this. They delivered people. People from the cruelty of apartheid. Sure. So you vote for them because your dad voted for them, your mum, mm. etc. Mm. worked with them in the old days. But I think it's going to mm. take another generation for people to realise that well, that is not the ANC of today. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Not not when you see how uh, you know they, they have what they've taken from the country and so on. And and uh, listen, also I think there are also signs which have disturbed me. I mean. Ramaphosa has come out in support of Zimbabwe, saying they're on the right track. You know, this, 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 this I didn't hear, I haven't heard that. I mean, I would have, I would, no, I would, no, no, I would have no. brought that up with somebody. What and did they saying, say? Hold no, he, he came out in support that, you know, they're going the right way from a democratic point of view. I can't remember the exact quote, but basically endorsing the party and saying, hold on a sec, are you aware of what's happening in your neighbor? The other thing is that, uh, one of the biggest farcical uh, votes is, uh, sorry, or election was in the DRC. And yes. and, and again, Ramaphosa has come out and said, no, you must go with the law and you know, not criticizing uh, what's happened there. So, so you're starting to say, yeah, you know, all it's done is brought a lot of criticism against Africa and against its leaders. It's almost like so I, the Bolivia, uh, the Soviet Union, and China mm. supporting the Venezuelan dictatorship as well. It's, mm. it's almost sure. like that because it, it, it's, well, it's, it's patently yeah. wrong. Totally. And, and 
if anything, if ever you wanted to attract outsiders and that, and Ramaphosa has gone to Davos or he's going out with his new pro, you know, with his who uh, are trying to attract investment here, and yet he's endorsing the the elections in both DRC and also the the attitude and the clampdown of uh, in Zimbabwe. So you've, mm. you, and then you've got ANC as well. You've got what's happening here, and not a murmur, unless this man is a complete and total liar, which I don't think he is. Uh, a greasy, you know, who's what's his name? A greasy, yes. the right, whatever he has. But he's been testifying for how many days? Seven days. He mm. can't make that up. Nobody could learn a script like that. That's a whole mini series. <laughs> um, you, you, know, you know what I mean? You couldn't learn that script. So <laughs> talking about mini series, some element of truth there. Talking about miniseries, Davos has come and gone, and I didn't speak to one person about Davos. I used to get emails saying, would you like to speak to this person because he's there or she's there, etc. And there was no Theresa May, there was no Emmanuel Macron, there was no US delegation. Mr. Trump decided not to go because he, he just he doesn't like leaving his home, let's face it. He's an old boy, and he doesn't like yeah. getting, getting out and no, being confronted no. by people. But there's a couple of journalists from South Africa were there with their normal sycophantic crowing mm. to Cyril Ramaphosa. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I love Cyril, etc. And it was a feel-good thing, which is great. But I don't think Davos has really got much relevance anymore after this year. I, I, I don't know. I paid. I paid virtually zero attention, and um, just listening to. I always have a TV screen on here, uh, mainly Bloomberg's, and you know, listening there just seemed to be a drone of the same stories, worrying about China. And mm. I suppose for a couple of businessmen who come from the US. It'd give them a chance to get together and, and discuss issues without planning a meeting. You know, they bump into each other and discuss things. That's fine. Uh, from that point of view, I still think, you know, it might have rele relevance. But I think from a political point of view, even business point of view, I'm not sure what comes out of that. Also, Lindsay, very, very limited uh, coverage, you know, in most of the press and media. You know, I, I'm sure they send someone out there. Uh, an article was written, but I don't think it attracted attention, and nor did it make front page. No, no, it really didn't. Do we have front page anymore? I don't know. I don't know uh, anymore so either. And the reason I go on about Davos is because I'm jealous because no one ever invites me. But um, I, I do. well, I think you've missed it. I'd, 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 <laughs> I don't, I don't think, uh, I think if you get the next, once I start inviting you, Lindsay, then you know it's over. You know? Thanks very uh, much. <laughs> now, well, I, that <laughs> happened to me with Discovery, the same thing you know, today. <laughs> they invited me to their conference. You know, they, and I mean, they had Hillary Clinton, they had David Cameron recently, etc. And I was invited, you know, four days as a, they, you know, as a leader of the community or a spokesman or some kind of, I don't know what they said about me. And they said, you know, we've given you a free ticket to come. I said, hold on a sec. Once you're starting to see me freebies and that, you're really dredging the bottom for, for a crowd. You're no, looking I'm for a going. seat filler there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And you mustn't be hard on no. yourself, David. You're a fine, no, no, no. A fine no, delegate. No, no, no. Now forget it. <laughs> I know who I am. Okay. David, let's look at the market today. We talked about politics and Davos and whinged on about certain things. Um, let's have a look. Just looking at the top five major moves before the market closes as we pre-record this interview. Yeah. Copper yeah. Iron the Ore up 7%. Yeah. What That's is that? Vale. Oh, I don't the know Vale story. Vale. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, Lindsay, this is the second time. Remember 2015, the dam burst there? Yes. They, in the, with their JV with Billiton, mm -hmm. cost them billions of rands in restitution and uh, uh, to rehabilitate the, the whole community. 
And lo and behold, four years, less than four years later, another dam wall breaks, etc. Fifty people missing. Sorry, fifty people dead, and hundreds more missing. Hmm. And this is going. Their shares are down. I don't know, odd twenty percent. But you know, Vale Vale is a is a very big producer. So. They're going to have to cut production. And, uh, of course, that sent the iron ore price up by, I don't know where, 78, probably, I don't know how many percentage points up, but but it has spiked. I'm just trying to look now. It's always difficult to get um, the trading price of iron ore because it's not like a gold or anything like that. But, I mean, This isn't just a once-off. This is not like a, no. a, an income no. statement aberration or, or something that you can say, well, this was a once-off and our results will be affected by it. This is going to go on no. for a long time. They're not going to get that facility and, up and running for years. No, and the fines are going to be very heavy. Good. They've held back on their dividends. They're not fine. The fines will be very heavy simply because of, uh, you know, the previous – uh, dam wall breaking as well, which was in 2015. So because of that, uh, I think I think they're going to get very very heavy fines. So mm. so yeah, it, it's going to be difficult. But it has helped the. I'm just looking at the markets have opened significantly down. Lindsay down, you know, the one and a half percent in the US mm. in the US now, which is a big move. Caterpillar down, numbers, down I think, were yeah. Caterpillar yeah. numbers were, were yeah. part of that. And although Caterpillar is an old school stock, it's still mm. a bellwether, and yeah. people still watch it, and and people are certainly uh, taking notice. Is. And that's what worries me. People are sensitive to any bad news at the moment after the rally we've seen so far this year. Because they haven't, we haven't recovered from last year. Caterpillar is a Dow stock. So it's the one of the Dow 30. So if Caterpillar comes down 7 8%, it, remember, this is not a weighted average. This is an average. It's a Dow Jones industrial average. So uh, depending, and it's got, it's, it's, it's calculated in a funny way. I think the, the higher the share price, the more uh, significant it is. It's not, it's not on done on market cap. So I think a, uh, you know, a collapsing Caterpillar is going to have a huge impact on the uh, you know, on the Dow. So Dow down, when the Dow goes down, so does the uh, S&P and so do the other indices. In fact, as we speak, Caterpillar now trading down 8%. Wow. So that's a big, big move downwards. Mm-hmm. And it tends, it hit, it's hit Barlow World here. You know, Barlow World's a local distributor. Barlow World, although, uh, you know, one of their big outlets is in uh, Russia, which up to now has been very good, down 4% here. So I think by through association, um, ballers are under a bit of pressure. The retail sector has more or less wrapped up its trading mm. updates and we get the real results probably starting next week. Itel Tile, which makes toilets mm. as far as I can see, is, is, has come out with a voluntary trading update. Their results out very soon. What do you say, what do you say when you look at the retailer? As a question I ask everybody, is it uh, a buying opportunity or is there no. more pain to come? Um... I would reckon a bit more pain. Mm. When you read into the results, there's no hint that things are turning around. There's a lot of warnings about the weakness of the of household consumption. And I think there's no sense that things are turning in the, in the right direction. So PEPCO also came out as well. And if you focus on what they've, uh, you know, those shares are down about 3.5%. If you focus on what lies ahead there, Sorry, that they've increased their space. They've increased. They've taken a lot more space. Results also pretty down. And this is this is at the bottom end of the market. And this has been a pretty good reflection of of what's happening at the lower end uh, of the market. It's been quite resilient, but um, you know the result also a bit iffy. 
it's hard to interpret them without comparisons. But, you know, revenue up about 6%, but uh, like for like up 3.4%. But they did increase retail space of about 4 So I think if you adjust for that, it's... Uh, it's not the greatest result. Retail space increased by 4% compared to the comparative <coughs> quarter, and this is a three-month update to December the 31st. Clothing and general merchandise segment reported sales growth of 6.1%, which mm. is okay, but you've got an inflation yeah. rate at the time yeah. of, of around about 5%, let's call it. Mm. And, um, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. It, it, it's uninspiring. I, That's the best I can describe it as. I think, I, yeah, I, you know, I've, I'm not... I haven't got oh yo yo just as we talk now. Yes. Nvidia, which is you know Nvidia makes these semiconductors which are used in gaming, right. also gave warnings about fourth quarter. They down about seventeen percent. So I think that's another story doing a lot of damage to the UK uh, to the US market. And that seventeen percent is quite hefty. Look, it's been a performer. It's been a massive performer last year. Nvidia. Uh, one of the favorite stocks to da- up to, up to, to date. The even in the year to date, Nvidia has been up about twenty percent. So I mean, it gives you an idea of of how they've moved and they've come down about seventy percent. So I think that's going to do a lot of damage as well. Um, Dow Jones to, down three hundred and twelve points at the moment. S and P down twenty seven yeah. points at twenty six thirty seven. But that is still two hundred points off the low mm. that we saw during December. So we're still mm. two hundred points, which is about eight percent. I think it is higher than we were but that yeah, tells me yeah. that we could come down and make a double bottom something like that david football it's, um, but, no, yeah. on, no carry on with the market stuff no, no, i'm getting no, I'm excited just saying, about I'm football saying, now or, or lindsay i think that's something that you've you know that you're touching on yeah the markets are skittish and because of this I, I it's very difficult to go in you know it's very very difficult to get too excited about it play it very very carefully Soccer, yeah. Yeah, um, or football, as we say in the I think there's world. only one side worse than mine. Go on. And that's got to be Spurs. So they were shocking yesterday. <laughs> they were oh, against Palace, you mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was, you know, without without their top players, and they've got some super players, you know, Harry Kane, uh, Deli Alli, etc. Yes. And Ericsson as well. I, You know, great combination in that. But I think take take the two of them out. They just looked very ordinary yesterday. Well, if, he's, he's if you want to talk about bad teams, just uh, have sympathy for an Ipswich Town supporter <laughs> who again lost. They've only won three games all <laughs> season, but let's not go no. that way. Let's talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because the analogy yeah. I've used, I don't know whether it was you with you or with somebody else, is that you take a fund manager and you give them 40 stocks and the differing um, no. performances no. at the end of, of a season, mm. let's call it, yeah. Is, is astonishing uh, because of mm. their different weightings and different mm. asset allocations, mm. etc. So you take a, a team of, of stars at Manchester United, mm-hmm. give them, take them from one fund manager, i.e. Mourinho, to another fund manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Mm. They win eight games on the trot. It, it yeah. says something about Solskjaer. He always smiles when he's talking. He always yeah. looks like a bright-eyed boy, whereas Mourinho mm. always was always sullen it, and snarly. Yeah. And I didn't like yeah. that. No, no, and I think that he's taking a fun attitude towards. He's like Jurgen Klopp. I like Jurgen Klopp as well. Yeah. You know, I really, I've got great admiration. I'm not a Liverpool supporter, nor Man United, but you feel for the man. He gets after the game. He goes to the ref. He goes to the opposition. He thanks everybody. He smiles. You know, and you can see he enjoys what he's doing. Whereas Marino, you know, would would just walk off, as you mentioned, sullen. And I like that in the manager. You know, I like it. 
even if you lose the game, well done to the opposition. Yes, I know it's big money involved, etc. That, but uh, I think it's uh, everybody's in the same game, and if both teams play well, you attract fans. You know, you attract outsiders. You attract, you 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 benefit the game, and I think I think Oleg, he's doing that. Solskjaer's doing that. Yeah. You know, Man United is a massive, massive club. And with the players that they've got, you, you know, you've got to feel for... I like him. I like him. I, I do too. I always liked him. He was just a nice character. Don't like Manchester really United. Nice character. Uh, but yes, I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a really, really good, honest chap. And as for Jurgen Klopp, mm. I like him as well. But we must never mm. forget that he's a German. David Shapiro. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. That was Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. <laughs>